Hi, good morning. Um, I don't want to steal the fun, but uh, in uh, Kenya, it seems like almost every home we went to and every time a, a child would get up to recite a verse or sing or something, they would always start off with praise God. And then um, everybody would uh, answer back amen and they'd say praise God again. And, they'd say, and uh, that's not part of our culture, but I was thinking, you know, like at Easter we say, you know, he's risen and risen indeed. And I was thinking different parts of the world have different uh, things. And I thought that was that's such a, a good summary of, of our trip. We just praise God. He's a great God. And we, we're so thankful for all that he's provided. And we want to lift up him and glorify him. Um, my name is Lloyd Wenzel. Um, my family and I serve uh, full-time with Remember New. And we were part of the team that uh, just got back from Kenya a few weeks ago. And uh, we were able to go and put on a, a new life camp uh, at our sponsored home there. And uh, my apologies for having to read, but I'm going <laughs> to go off on rabbit trails if I don't. <laughs> so, um, First thing I wanted to talk about is what's Remember New and what's it about. Remember New is a Christian nonprofit, and it's committed to ending child sex slavery through prevention. And uh, the emphasis is on prevention. We are in 16 countries and over 110 homes now. And primarily we have prevention homes at, um, at most of the sites and for at-risk children. These homes are, have a local indigenous um, house parents. So these are people from the community, local church that are the house parents. And um, they make sure that uh, the kids are, are loved and cared for, given an education. But most of all, um, they learn about Jesus. They see it lived out every day. If you'd like to hear more about Remember New, um, I can talk to you afterwards. Um, but as I close out, I just I wanted to I just wanted to express my thankfulness for uh, this church body and for the team that went. Um, it was such a joy to be a, to be a part of that and a part of this church body too. Seeing the love and generosity of the people here, sending us out and praying for us all, it's such a blessing. The team that went out, it's, it's the best. There's unity, flexibility, joy, and encouragement. And that just describes both them individually and as a team. It was uh, one of the best teams and groups that I've ever been out with. And uh, it was such a blessing. Same time, we know that you were with us as well, your prayers. I mean, getting through immigration and some of these things that uh, I had... Uh, um, a little bit of Philippians 4, 6, and 7, <laughs> anxiousness on my part. And um, your prayers, I mean, it just carried us through. There wasn't sickness and things like that. So I just want to say thank you, and uh, we love you. Good morning. I am Joyce Padilla, and I was very privileged to be able to join the team to Kenya. And <clears throat> upon returning from Kenya, one of the first questions people would ask me is, how was your trip? to which I would respond, amazingly wonderful. And back in 2019, when there was first uh, talk about going to Kenya, I was sitting right down there, and I felt God tapping me on my shoulder saying, Joyce, I want you to go to Kenya. And at first, I must tell you, I was a bit stunned. But God's prompting was so real to me that I knew I had to go to Kenya. And I said initially that I felt that God had something for me in Kenya, and I was very excited to find out what that was. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's just to learn to trust him more at a deeper level. And indeed, it was that, but it ended up being so much more. 
as we toured the homes and as we were in our ch children's home doing the New Life Camp and toured other children's homes, um, the love of God that just radiates in the homes um, just really impacted my heart and um, brought tears to my eyes and, and just overwhelmed me with joy. And to see the love of God is so real and strong there. And these children have so very little. The people have so little, but they have Jesus, and he's enough. And then we went to church with them on Sunday, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching them singing and dancing and worshiping. And I just felt like God had opened up the windows of heaven for me and gave me a glimpse of what it's going to be like in eternity when we are all worshiping around the throne of God with brothers and sisters from all over the world. And again, I just I felt the presence of God. I felt just this overwhelming joy in my spirit. And then it was then that I knew why God had taken me to Kenya. And it wasn't just to bring me to a deeper level of trusting him with my life. And he certainly had opportunity to do that. Um, every day I saw him providing for um, my needs, for strength and stamina, for sleep, for health. And um, seeing him go before us uh, in many prayers being answered, that what I also saw and what God did for me was he took me to Kenya, I believe, to renew my spirit and to renew my soul and refresh my soul. And I am ever so grateful that God allowed me this opportunity to walk with him in Kenya and be with him in that uh, capacity in that way. And if he should allow, I can tell you, I would go back in a heartbeat. But God also gave me a new appreciation for the ministry of Remember New and uh, the work that they are doing in the lives of these children, and they are impacting their lives for eternity. And if you are a sponsor to one of our children or for Remember New, I know that you are also making a difference in your child's life. And know that every night they are praying for you. Every night they pray for their sponsors. So in a moment, you're going to see our slideshow, our presentation, and it will give you just a small glimpse of our trip and what we did. But I hope that you will see more than just a slideshow. I hope that you will see our hearts and the hearts of the children and how this trip, this opportunity to go, and you were had a major part in sending us uh, financially and through your prayers, but how this trip has impacted our lives and also the lives of these children. So um, on our first arrival into Kenya, we uh, were allowed two days in Nairobi just to rest and do some tourist attractions. And our first day was spent uh, attending a giraffe center, visiting a giraffe center, a bead factory, and a, the cultural center in Nairobi. And on our second day, we were able to go on a six-hour-plus-hour hour safari, and you'll see some of the wildlife in our slideshows. And uh, on that safari, we had a very thrilling experience with a lion and lioness and some very devious baboons, and you can ask us about that. And um, so uh, the following morning, we flew from Nairobi to uh, Kitsuma, and then from Kitsuma, we uh, boarded a bus and drove across the countryside of western Kenya, actually crossing the equator. And 
as we arrived in and uh, we made our way to the children's homes to do our introductions and meet the girls. And I can tell you, as we drove up to that home and some of the children ran out and others were away hanging back a little bit, my heart almost burst into with joy because we had waited three long years to meet these children. And I could hardly believe we were finally, finally there and we were going to get to meet them face to face. And um, the following morning, we began our three-day camp. Our camp ran Saturday and Monday and Tuesday. And then on Sunday, we were able to go to church with the children. Um, Our camp theme was All Things Are Possible with God. And each day we opened up our day with a time of worship, uh, singing and prayer, and and uh, often the children would have a song and dance for us. Uh, they loved singing and dancing. And uh, then we would move into our Bible lesson for the day where Paul would narrate the Bible story and uh, different team members in costume would act out the story. And then we introduced our memory verse for the day and broke the children then into smaller groups, older children, older to the smaller, where they had opportunity to review the Bible lesson, act, reenact the Bible lesson with them acting out the lesson, review the memory verse, and then there were a multitude of activities that they did that were there to reinforce the Bible lesson for the day and also how that lesson applied to their life. And then in the afternoon, we had games and crafts and artwork and um, we even had a uh, sewing project where the children uh, made a little lamb, and uh, Paul um, put on a, a, a um, first aid class. I had opportunity to speak to the girls on the fact that they are beautifully and wonderfully made, and they are God's creation, and he loves them and wants a relationship with them and has a purpose and plan for them. And um, the... Before we knew it, our days were over with our children, and it was time to go. And I think we all felt that our time with them was far, far too short. And now I have all their pictures, and I look at their pictures, and I see more than a face. I see a smile, and I hear their laugh, and I see all their different personalities. And But most of all, what I see is I see a life that has been changed for eternity. And so, as the children would say in Kenya, before they presented to us, we want you to sit back and enjoy our presentation. Praise God. Praise God again. (laughs) Um, We're going to share with you, oh, I'm like a little nervous, Um, just overcome with gratitude, um, really. Uh, Anyway seeing all their faces again. Sorry. I expect this. You were the one that was going to cry, Joyce, not me. <laughs> um, we uh, we want to teach you a song that was taught to us by uh, the Kenya director of Remember New, um, Joseph, a dear man whose story you will get to hear from Paul later. Um, amazing man of God doing incredible work. And he had heard that we were learning... Um, quite a few Swahili songs, and Serena brought a song too, and he said, I have a song I want to teach you. It's very simple, and um, we're going to sing it for you, and then we'd like to teach it to you. So this is your chance to learn a Swahili 
um, worship song. Um, we'll sing it in Swahili and in English. And um, the translation is, things are already better because the Lord is on the throne. And to learn that song in a place of such poverty, and uh, as Joyce said, with people who have so little in the material sense, but have such deep faith, is incredibly moving. And to learn it from Joseph, whose story you'll hear later, not to steal Paul's <laughs> moment later. But anyway, this is that song. Uh, things are already better. Oh, I have to sing it. Do I have to sing into this? Mambo sawa sawa. Mambo sawa sawa. Yesu akiwa enzeni. Mambo sawa sawa. 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 Yesu akiwa enzeni. Mambo sawa sawa. Mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa. Things already better. Things already better. For the Lord is on the throne. Things already better. Things already better. Things already better. Things already better. Things already better, for the Lord is on the throne. Things already better, things already better, things already better. Amen, amen. Um, that was really cool. You guys just joined in, which is totally the Kenyan way. I We thought like we would sing, and then I would like talk to you in my little teacher way, and then you would sing, but you joined in, which is totally the authentic Kenyan way. Um, but let's, let's just sing that one more time. So mambo is things. Sawa sawa is, uh, good or everything's cool. Um, and then Yesu is Jesus. Yesu. Um, akiwa enzini sounds like quinoa and enzi. <laughs> so that's how we remembered it. <laughs> um, but that's the Lord, when the Lord is in heaven, when Jesus is in heaven or enthroned above. So that's the translation. One more time. Mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa, yesu akiwa enzeni, mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa, mambo sawa sawa. Amen. Amen. Praise God again. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Susanna King. Um, I was privileged to get to go with this team of amazing people. Um, Like Lloyd, though, I am probably going to read most of my testimony because I will forget what I want to say. So um, about two and a half years ago, I felt God leading me to go to Kenya with the team. They had already been not been able to go once, but I asked Kim if there was space on the team for me to go, and she said she would have to check. So several weeks later, she got back to me and said that there was space. This was after I had told God, I said, if you want me to go, let there be space on the team, please. So several weeks after that, Kim got back to me and told me that there was space on the team. So I was now a part of the team. 
Um, so fast forward to December of 2022, I found out that I had to get a certain COVID test. What I didn't find out until too late was the fact that I had to have a doctor's order to get this COVID test. Uh, so the Friday before we left, we left on Monday. I had to have it within 48 hours of leaving. The Friday before we left, Joyce and I went into Dallas and decided we were going to just find a spot that would do this test for me without a doctor's order. That took a little bit of work. Um, We finally found a spot, and I was told that it would take two to four days for me to get the test back. Now, remember, I'm supposed to leave on Monday. So I was tested, and we started praying that the Lord would bring the results before I had to leave because I had to have them at Cortland Airport. Um, I, the whole team was praying, and I had many other people also praying for me. Monday morning, we left at 3 a.m. in the morning, left here, and I still didn't have any results. We got to Portland Airport, still no results. Um, as we were checking our baggage, some of the people were asked if they had been tested. I was not one of those people. So I already knew that the Lord was answering prayer, and I just said, Lord, Help me get through Nairobi, because if I got to Kenya without the results, there was a very good chance I would have to quarantine until I got them. Um, Hours later, like 20 hours later, we (laughs) arrived in Nairobi, and I checked again to see if I had my results, and still no results. So we started going through customs, and there was a lady um, asking us what our test results were. When she got to me, I told her, honestly, that I had been tested but had no results yet. And she waved me through. And I stopped and went, wait, you mean I can go? And she goes, yeah, go. I was so amazed. And then on top of that, there were 13 of us, and between us, we had 10 checked bags. All of our bags got through without being checked or without them having to open them up and search them. Um, And so we arrived when we got out to the bus where Joseph was in time without having to be stopped again in customs. Um, So as you can see, I especially have many reasons to be praising God and praising him again. So that's my story. Hi, my name is Lucy Mahler, and I'm Kim's sister. And um, I also want to share several blessings that God um, did for our team as as we went to Kenya. Um, One of my prayers before going on the team was that God would um, help us connect with the girls. I I don't like new relationships. It's not easy for me to just start up the conversation. And so it's like, oh, man, all these girls, hard to understand, try to get to know them. But um, just pray that God would do that, that God would pro- um, provide those connections. And because I really wanted them to know that we loved them and that God loved them. Even more specifically for myself, I was praying that God would help me connect with Yvonne. I just started sponsoring Yvonne recently, and she's 16. Uh, there's another check against me because teenagers and me, not my, not my um, <laughs> highest ability there. Um, so I really just felt low at her age and being there in the home that I really wanted her to know that she was loved by God. 
um, and by myself. God didn't take away the awkwardness, unfortunately, um, but he did give me the opportunity to really connect with Yvonne. Um, I was able to use the, um, the connection that I have with my own nieces and nephews who were there. So I was sitting with her, and I said, Yvonne, Faith, and Adeline, they're my nieces. Jaren and Titus, they're my nephews. I pointed to her, you are my niece also. Tears came. Um, and just the rest of the time, every time we um, came together, it was tears of just, just that bonded sense of forever we will be family. Not in the sense of what I have here, but um, in, a, in a God sense. So very, very cool. Um, yeah. Second, <laughs> the second blessing I'd like to share with you was, um, and, and Lloyd um, touched on it a little bit, but the way that God brought um, the different members of our team and used um, our unique um, skills, um, it reminded me of Ephesians 2.10 where it talks about we are God's workmanship created for um, by Christ Jesus um, for the works that he has planned for us. Sorry, I reordered that word. Um, so God used our different personalities, and we had some pretty distinct personalities um, and gifts, um, and it worked great together. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a conflict. It was. It was a good thing. Um, I, I. I just have to go through the individuals that God brought. Um, Lloyd um, used him for the business end of things. Where, and I don't think the rest of us would have thought of that. But um, Lloyd was um, continuing to work through the finances while we were there in Kenya and able to work with um, the Remember New staff that was there. Kim. Her organization skills. Daily, we had to organize, okay, what supplies do we need to take out for the camp? And um, she also connected well with Teresa, the house mom, and the other um, staff. So that was really neat that um, Kim really had that role. Paul, we all know it, you know, you know it. Um, teaching with humor. It was great. And Diane, supporting his teaching with humor, <laughs> teaching herself, and also the gift of photography um, that she um, used with us. Joyce, Joyce did a really nice job of passing on your love for the kids you sponsor. She went up to the individual girls, uh, many of you asked her to, but she let them know that even though you weren't there, that you loved them. Um, and she... Joyce did it in the way Joyce does it, and she, they all felt loved. Um, Hannah, high energy and music. Um, it was great. Um, she wasn't ashamed to try to dance or try to learn a new language. I mean, I mean, she wasn't ashamed to dance. Um, so, um, Susanna, connect really well with groups of just small groups of. One, two girls, three girls, and he, he always looked, and she had a little group of girls and was able to interact with them, and she was also very willing to help in whatever was needed. Um, 
Serena, again, as I get to the younger ones, it's the high energy. <laughs> I said the other end, not so much the high energy. But Serena had the experience um, of working with um, Vacation Bible School, and so she had that, um, the, the being able to use fun games while um, still teaching them the Bible. Um, and I, I, I was um, blessed by Serena because I was um, teaching the younger group of girls, and it's like, oh, I don't know how to do this. And it's like, Serena, what's <laughs> you want to do this activity? And she was game for it, so that um, was great. Jaron, unfortunately, he's not here today, but Jaron had the high energy and um, the love of playing games and sports with them, and so he led that. Um, Titus. Um, Titus had the desire to connect with our bus driver. We had um, Lamek, our bus driver, and he would pull into the yard of the house. They'd pull the gate shut behind it so the bus is there in the yard, and Lamek sat in the bus all day long while we were out there with the girls. And um, Titus just saw him in the bus one day and decided to hop up and, and um, talk with him. And it's Titus's story, but um, we all know that it really blessed Lamek. And at, at the end, um, Lamek did not want to leave, um, want Titus to leave. In fact, he, I think he would have paid a lot of money to keep Titus there. <laughs> So, um, Faith and Adeline, sorry to lump you together, but um, they were the magnets um, that made it easier for the girls at the Kenya house to connect with a bunch of Americans. Um, didn't expect that. Um, our English was really hard to understand, and so the girls were a little bit standoffish maybe at first, but um, having Faith and Adeline, it was just... Um, they immediately wanted to get to know them and connect with them, and that really tied us as the whole team together. Um, the young girls adored them. The older teen girls admired them as their fellow teens. Um, and they were willing to, Faith and Adeline helped with the music, with um, the memory verses, and in any way they could. Um, so um, I think it left our group in awe because if we had gone with our plans and, and been able to um, go in the year 2020 when we were first planning on it, Adeline and Faith would not have gone with us. So now by the delay that um, God allowed us to have, they were there and they were just a really um, great part of the team. Um, so we praise God um, for his plans and his workmanship and how he brought the team together. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Amen. My name is Hannah Mormon. For those of you that I don't know, it's really neat to look out and see so many new faces. Um, I grew up here uh, as a baby, actually, and um, in youth group and um, in graduate school. And I still can, I still call Bridgeport my home church, um, <laughs> my family church. So it's really great to be here with all of you today. Um, uh, I teach high school choir in Scappoose up near Portland, um, but when but I sponsor uh, two girls at the Remember New Home, and when I heard about the opportunity to go um, in 2019, we started talking about it. 
Um, actually, Joyce was the first one who mentioned the trip to me. And Joyce is my dear friend, mentor, godmother, mother. <laughs> um, and when she said she was going, I said, okay, I'm going to. <laughs> um, I just knew I wanted to um, be a part of this um, experience with her. And um, I am so grateful for the opportunity to have gone. Um, one of the... Uh, well, I, I just want to also say um, I'm just so grateful to God for working through our fears and um, our doubts. And I questioned, should I go? I mean, like, I think we all do. You know, is this the right use of our time and our my, my time, my money? Um, I'm, I'm not a member here every week. Um, is there a place for me? What, what could, good could I be doing? And... Um, it was really clear to me um, many things, but while being there, um, I was able to use a lot of my teacher singing and speak, built, speaking in front of groups um, skills there as a part of the team. And um, I should really thank the Dixons for all the years that they've allowed me to work at camp because those skills um, at Campers and Sun played a big part into our camp work in Kenya. Um, so it's just neat to see how the Lord uses your skills um, and trainings. And anyway, one of the things kind of sliding into um, the thing I'm supposed to be talking about is when we were getting to visit Remember New Homes. Um, and we Remember New has over two dozen homes in Kenya. And we visited seven homes around the Nairobi area, um, which was several hours from our sponsor home. Um, but after we finished our camp, we flew back to Nairobi and we visited seven homes. And it was really a wonderful experience to see what God is doing and has done over several years in each of these little communities. So we're going to show you a short little video here in a moment. Um, but we would, um, it felt like a little tour bus of like, I don't know, the Partridge family or something. Um, but we would show up, because we were all singing, but we would show up at a home, and a Remember New Home, and then we would be welcomed in, and the 20 children would all introduce themselves, and then we would introduce all of ourselves, and we would share in some music. Um, they Every home had a song, which you'll get to see some of their dancing and music, and I was really touched. One, uh, the boy, one of the boys' homes, there was a keyboard, and I play piano and teach music, and so it was neat to connect with some of the boys there. Um, one of the girls' homes had a ukulele, so I was able to, I, I have a ukulele class, um, and so I was able to tune their ukulele and teach a few chords. So here, remember I had said, what, should I even be going? What's, what, they don't need, you know, anyway. But my little ukulele skills came in handy, um, and I want to go back and do a music camp there. Um, so you could pray about the Lord opening that door. But um, anyway, we were able to just interact with the kids. We brought paper air, not paper airplanes. I don't know. Maybe a boy can help me out. Some sort of airplane thing. Balsa? Balsam? It's a wood? Okay, it's a wood. And they were, they were wooden airplanes? I don't know. Well, paper's wood. I teach music, like I said. Anyway, but that was really cool. And, you know, the airplane landed on the, the roof. You'll get to see that. And they shimmied up with their ladders and... Um, did the boy things and rescued the airplane. And anyway, it was just really neat to interact with the kids and see what, what, um, these homes are like. So we're going to show you that. Um, and also to see there are some new homes, um, that have just opened. And then there are also homes, 
where girls have been together for seven, eight, nine years, and you can see the value in the work of Remember New from the beginning through their teen years, even into college, and how Remember New has carried them through. So anyway, enjoy this little um, video. I'm going to stop now. Thank you. Well, I hope you're all enjoying those videos. It really brings back memories for us and our time there and what a special time it was. Um, Paul and I have been on uh, quite a few mission trips in various places, but what struck me uh, most, I think, about Kenya is the poverty there. Um, We've seen the poverty in Jamaica and Mexico and South America, but in Kenya, the poverty was really dramatic. And um, the Home 16, the song they sang, I just wanted to uh, read some of those words to you. and it, it just really touched my heart. They, the words are, you, give, you gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. While the world looks upon me as I struggle alone, and they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing, and how I wish they could see. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. There, I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. And there's a few other verses, but I just, um, it really touched me. And, and you guys are part of what is making that happen for the girls in um, the Kenya Home 1819 with your sponsorship, providing these homes the ability for them to have it, for them to have education, which is one of the things that... Um, really helps them move forward and and come out of what Paul's going to talk a little bit about the slums in a few minutes. And uh, um, so that really touched me. And then the other thing, and a lot of them have already alluded to, is the team and the team that God put together. I was just so blessed by seeing each one in the role they filled. And the young people, I mean, the girls, the Faith and Adeline are 13 years old, but they just jumped right in and just everyone um, interacting with the kids. There were some uncomfortable situations, little awkward cultural things and things that happened, and, uh, but everyone just went with the flow. They jumped in. They served. They weren't afraid to, to be a part and interact, and, and uh, we were blessed by the girls that we saw, but they, um, and, and we could be a blessing to them. Um, some of the cultural squatty potties or um, bucket flushing a toilet. That was new for some of our team. And just the cultural things you face, and it just really was a, a blessing. And I just want to thank each one of you for being a part of our trip. Hi. I'm Kim Wenzel, for those of you who don't know me, and I am the home coordinator for our home 1819 that we've adopted here basically means I'm the, I'm the communicator between us and them. And so the house mom, Teresa, just told me over and over and over, greet everyone at Bridgeport and to tell them how grateful she is for each of you. She just was in tears over and over. Greet them all. Tell them how thankful we are for their part in the kids' lives. So... Speaking of house mom, I'm going to cut mine really short to make this quick, but we just want to make sure that everyone knew how amazing the house helpers all are 
They love the girls. They are so connected with them. We were amazed. Um, we, we were really encouraged with how loved our girls are. So I am the what's next section, which will be really quick. But we have some exciting things we're, we're praying about. So what's next? First, uh, we want to help our girls home with some projects. There's no running water there. That would be really nice. Um, they need new bunk beds that are safer. Uh, they need new school uniforms, things like that. So those are things we're praying about getting involved in what's our part in that. That's first. Secondly, um, these get bigger. <laughs> we hope to get involved in another Remember New Home in the Nairobi area. Um, and we will see what happens there. But our home, you guys have come alongside in the last four years and you fully sponsor all 28 kids. So it's time to, time to see what else God has for us along with that. So that might very possibly be a boys home, one that you saw a young boys home. And lastly, our hope is to return to Kenya in two years. So think January 2025. Um, and then we would do another, another camp with our girls home. And then with our new home, we could do another camp there. Everywhere we went, they're like, are you going to do a camp with us? They all want it. Um, they all want us to come and do those things. So that's our prayer. And we are, we're just excited to see God's plans come to life here and see what he has for us. And thank you. I t it was my week to speak. My name's Paul Telfer, if you don't happen to know me. Uh, my week to speak as an elder, and I said, well, we could just do this presentation. <laughs> and then, and I said, and whatever time's left over, I'll fill in. <laughs> okay. Well, I would like to, a, a couple of things that I would like to share with you. They uh, talked about Joseph's story. Joseph's story really is an excellent illustration of what is happening with Remember New. It gives us a window into it. In just a few moments, you'll, we'll have a video there. And Joseph, you'll see him in the middle. His name is Onid. He's there with his two brothers. Joseph grew up in the Nairobi slums. He was uh, one of nine children. Two of his siblings died in the slums. Uh, one of them from tuberculosis, which was made significantly worse by the smoke that constantly burns in the dump right next to the right next to the slums. You will see that. The other one, his mother made extra money by walking miles and getting milk, bringing it back, boiling it to purify it so that she could sell purified milk. While she was boiling that milk one day, one of their toddlers pulled that milk off on them and scalded themselves and died. <sighs> Sorry, they, they put me up here as the closer. Uh, but then I have to relive all the camp and, and then deal with my emotion as we go along here. Um, what happened, his father uh, forbid them to going into the dump. And the reason why his father forget, forbid them from going across the river, which you'll see into the dump, the dump was a very dangerous place. You can get cut and infected. You can get burned. You can fall into holes. There's violence involved over there where people fight over items. Um, and But they would get so hungry 
that they would go to the dump because what they were looking for is they were looking for the food garbage that had been thrown out in the dump to feed themselves. For example, the leftover food from the airplane that I flew in on to Nairobi ends up in that dump. That is what they were there looking for. He said his father could always tell when they'd snuck over to the dump because he could smell them from the distinctive smell of being in the dump. When he was about eight years old, he was at home uh, because he had been refused entrance at school because his fees weren't paid up, his uniform wasn't appropriate, and uh, so he'd been refused an opportunity to go to school, particularly that day. There's a church right across the way. You'll see some pictures of the church right across from his home. And he was there, and the pastor asked if he would go with a couple of missionaries that had come, act as a translator and a guide through the slums for them. And they asked him, why aren't you in school? And he told them, he said, you know, my family can't afford the fees. I don't have the uniform, so uh, I'm not able to get that education. And that couple took it upon themselves to sponsor him so that he was able to get an education. He was able to escape the slums, and then one by one by one by one, his siblings were able to escape the slums as well. And so that virtuous cycle that was started by that missionary couple then has continued to extend, and his parents, his siblings, have all managed to escape the slum. He took us back to his home, which you'll see, the home that he grew up in, nothing more than a dirt floor, walls made out of oil drums, that have been cut open and pounded flat. That is the type of place that he grew up in. He has a heart for these children because he sees himself in them. This is not a job or an intellectual pursuit on his part. He knows what those children have experienced. And when we went to these homes, the children would dash out to give him a hug and he would greet every one of them. Joseph is an integral part of what goes on in Kenya. He knows the culture. He knows how to navigate it. Kenya has a horrible problem with corruption. And regularly, government officials will ask him for a bribe. He doesn't do that, but he knows how to negotiate his way through these cultural landmines. And so the uh, you'll be able to see where he grew up. And um, there are five slums in Nairobi. You're just going to see one. There are five slums in Nairobi. Uh, due to the corruption, NGOs such as uh, Remember New are, are vital because they are able to bypass the government corruption and give their money directly to those in need. That's a very critical element, and a critical element that Joseph oversees. He sees make sure that your money does not go in the pocket of a corrupt official somewhere, that your money goes to those children specifically. And it is a critical, critical function. He was really our introduction. If you had any questions about Kenya, he was the man to ask. Uh, he was uh, a jewel. You will, uh, when we show this video very shortly, um, you'll see the Nairobi River, which from a distance, it's going to look pretty nice. And as it gets closer and closer, you'll see the garbage that flows down out of the Nairobi dump into the Nairobi River. And right on, and there are people who live on the dump side. There's also people who live across the river 
uh, on the slum side. You'll see that. You'll also see storks. Now, I, I, I got to tell you, if you've been telling your children that babies come from storks, you're going to have to come up with a new story. <laughs> because the storks that live there in the dump, of course, eat off the garbage that's there. You'll see some of them there. I want to, and so you'll see Joseph and his brothers, two of his brothers, and uh, that, that will give you an introduction uh, to the slums from which these children, which we are now sponsoring, are coming out of. We have, there's two new homes there. There are children just fresh, new, out of these slums. Let's take a look. Run that video. There are certain groups that when they, uh, <coughs> when they sing, get my attention. Uh, when prisoners sing about freedom, I know that they know what they're talking about. Uh, I've uh, sung with a commercial fishermen about my anchor holes. I spoke to you about that once, right? Men and women who knew what in the world they're talking about. Uh, sometimes we sing songs and we don't, uh, we really haven't had much experience with it. When these children sing, I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring me poverty, they know exactly what they're talking about. See, Americans, we deal with what I would call relative poverty. In other words, we think we're poor because we compare ourselves to the guy next door. Kenyans deal with what I call absolute poverty. And that is you start with nothing. Uh, even if you think that you could be reduced to poverty, I know what your imagination takes you to. It takes you to maybe a little apartment and a beat-up car, but you're still in your mind, you still don't think about, because it's not part of your world, you still think that that little apartment would have electricity, sewage, that you would have some sort of food on the table that you wouldn't be going to the Dallas dump to dig around to find your meal. When these children sing about their trust in God, they know what they're talking about. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about our treatment of the poor. I had a whole bunch of scriptures in case these guys went too fast. They didn't. I'm just going to read you one scripture. I want you to turn, if you got your Bible there real quickly, turn to Matthew 25. It's kind of a controversial scripture. And that's why I want to read it to you, because I like to start a bit of controversy. Matthew 25. We know that God takes our treatment of the poor with utmost seriousness. The... The prophets in the Old Testament regularly condemned Israel because of their treatment of the poor. The two things that the prophets pounded the pulpit on, if they had a pulpit, was idolatry and the treatment of the poor. That were the two things that they regularly spoke of. We find in James, and I'm not going to turn there because of time, we find that it's written in James that true religion, true religion, because in that section of James, it talks about living out our beliefs. And it says, true religion is to look out for the widows and the orphans 
and to keep oneself unpolluted from the world. Now, we, we, we kind of specialize somewhat in keeping ourselves unpolluted from the world. How do we fulfill the others? I want to turn you to Matthew 25 and uh, 31. Wipe off my glasses here. There we go. Jesus asked what it looks like in the end times, and he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you in and or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and say, truly I say to you, as you did this to the least Of these, my brothers, you did to me. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, the eternal fire, to the curse, the eternal fire prepared for the devil, his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not welcome me. I was naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And they will also answer, Lord, when we, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or in prison? It did not minister to you. And he will answer to them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of these, of the least of these, you did to me. And they will go away to their eternal punishment and the righteous into eternal life. I'm not going to build a theology here that your salvation rests on how you treat the poor because if you take this verse and suck it out of context and try to make that argument, you'll be doing violence to a whole bunch of other verses in Scripture that says we are saved by the grace of God and not by our works. But I will say this, that this Scripture says that God takes our response to the poor with utmost seriousness. The least of those, it says. And what, as I look at the Scripture, what I see is I see the righteous because of what God has done for them are happy, delighted, and kind of a joy to do for others. That is why they receive eternal life. Their actions follow their salvation. Their salvation, they grasp it, they understand it, they see what they've been given, and they're willing to turn and give to others. In the slums of Kenya... There are those that we would very easily say are the least of these. I did not come here today to read these scriptures and to try to lay a burden of guilt on you. I came here today to congratulate you, to say that this body is a generous body. Now, I'm getting to be old. And I know how I have a test for that. When I say I'm old, I kind of listen for the number of people who go, no, you're not, and it gets less and less every year. (laughs) 
So I've been paying attention for a while. Let's just put it that way, right? So and this is not the only church I attended. I was a preacher's kid. I've been familiar with churches my whole life, okay? And the generosity of this church is astounding. This church gives a higher percentage to others than any church that I have ever been in. And it is a privilege to call you my family. You're doing well. You're reaching out to those, starting right at that door and going completely across the world. Certainly, you are fulfilling the commandments that God has given us. And so I want to come to you and say thank you for that. Thank you for supporting these, the least of these, these children that are come out of a swamp, out of a slum, where they very, face the very real possibility of no shoes, of tattered clothing drug out of a dump and washed in a polluted river for what they wear, to fight over a scrap of food out of a dump. That is the lives that they come from. That is real, absolute poverty. And you have stepped in. We now see clearly that the children that you sponsor start a virtuous cycle, just like Joseph and his family, where he was sponsored, was able to get an education, was able to get a good job, and then proceed sibling after sibling after sibling to pull them out of the slums, and his parents as well. Each of these children can do the same thing. Each of these children started a virtuous cycle that you have started, that you have kicked off, and that God will bless you for. As the closer, so to speak, for this team, I want to say thank you again for your generosity. The girls that are there, they love you. They pray for you. They're aware of the gifts that you have given. And more importantly than those girls, God knows the gifts that you have given. And I believe... According to Matthew 25, starting verse 31, the day will come when the king personally will say to you, thank you, good and faithful servant, you've done well. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together to celebrate, to celebrate the generosity of this body. Dear Lord, to celebrate these children, and all that you are accomplishing in their lives through education, through clothing, through food, and most of all, through knowing you. We thank you, dear Lord, for this body that has been instrumental in that, that they've started a virtuous cycle that will resonate through generation after generation after generation all the way to eternity, not just economically but spiritually as well. We thank you for this day and for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen.